Support for today's episode comes from Erin Condren, a lifestyle brand known for creating fun and functional organization essentials for the home office and everything in between. Get yourself some high quality planners, notebooks, custom organizers, desk accessories, and more. And as a Boonie Breakdown listener, you can receive $10 off your first purchase of $40 or more by using the code RAKU10. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N-1-0. Details on how to purchase can be found in the show notes and on the booniebreakdown.com. The content in this episode is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your own physician or qualified medical health provider for any questions you have on your own personal medical conditions. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Booney, and you're listening to the Booney Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to this week's episode. We're here for episode 224. And our guest, it's a special one for me. I always love having people on that I know. And I am grateful for this week's guest, Melinda Clark, and her transparency in a recent health scare. Um, And I normally would not have had someone come on to talk about a health scare so soon. But we were having a conversation and she mentioned how she wants to, um, and we get into this in our conversation about how she wants to create a foundation to bring awareness, education to younger black folk, um, because she noticed this was missing in the space. And from this episode title, um, yeah, she recently had a heart attack and her story is, um, both terrifying yet motivating for me. And I thought others would find that to be the case as well. So we have a great um, conversation about what actually transpired for her, um, what were her symptoms, and how she was able to, even amongst a very scary health situation, advocate for herself, still trying to stay present in the decisions that the doctors were making and trying to stay calm as well. And so please, 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 I hope you stick around and you listen to this conversation in its entirety, okay? Um, I think it'll be very helpful for a lot of us, especially women, because our symptoms of a heart attack are a bit different than what is normally published, all right? So stick around for that conversation with Melinda Clark. And we're going to hop right into my pick of the week. Um, I'm picking this because I had not heard any chatter around it, honestly. But my pick of the week is Babyface's new album that came out uh, a couple weeks ago. I didn't even know he had a new album. Thank you to Spotify for like suggesting it to me. But it is called Girls Night Out. And what I love about it is... It's Babyface um, partnered with a lot of the up-and-coming younger R&B girls in the game. Ella May, Coco Jones, Money Long, Kalani, Ari Lennox. And so I was pleasantly surprised. I, I saw it. I didn't know what to expect. And so when I'm listening, I had to go Google, like, wait, this is a, a deviation. Because you're thinking the age that Babyface is, the icon that he is in the music space, You know, you think he's doing that adult contemporary shit. (laughs) But I thought this was a very R&B forward album. It was young. It was fresh. It was nice to hear the younger artists um, collaborating with the legendary Babyface. Um, So if you've not checked it out, check it out. Girls Night Out, Babyface, Boonies Pick of the Week. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping. Not now. All right, so we're going to get right into some feedback from episode 223 with Dr. Lex. Um, This was, you guys really enjoyed it. And I'm happy that this episode resonated with you all. Um, Someone wrote in, Boonie Girl, I got to admit these last two episodes are hitting. I love the voice and the conversations that you make space for us to have. Thank you so much. I also got another message that, oh my God, Boonie. This was such an on time episode for me when Dr. Lex said, you don't have to sacrifice your your worth for goodness. She was preaching. So thank you again for holding this conversation. So if you have not checked out that episode, please run back. Please, after you finish listening to this one, just go ahead and let it keep playing it. Listen to episode 223 with Dr. Lex. Um, really, really good, good conversation. 
Also, uh, Patreon gang, we have our next quarterly live event. And uh, we are hosting uh, Miss Lauren Boone of Lovewell Ministries. She's hosting a coping techniques workshop for us because life be life in and life don't stop life in even when you in the tr- when you down getting getting beat down bad life still is going on and so I just feel like it's so much happening that we all could use a refresher on some coping strategies techniques maybe learning something new um, if you are not a part of Patreon gang that is just a very simple fix you can just head on over to patreon.com backslash the boonie breakdown you can sign up you can hop in our private group chat all that great stuff some extra would you rather wednesday questions so we hope to see you guys for that event and for you to join patreon gang um you know i want to thank y'all because i have been ranting and complaining that instagram i don't know they don't like me over there um (laughs) so i appreciate those of you who have been going back and being like Oh my God, I haven't seen your post in like three weeks. And then you guys like 20 posts because you have not seen any of them. So I appreciate you guys for taking energy to do that. Um, I also do want to take a time to explain here for those of you who may not have seen it because you don't see my things. Um, my would you rather Wednesdays, I'm going to be playing around with some different strategies, but, um, on average, I was normally averaging like 800 to 900 folks doing would you rather Wednesdays, uh, last week in the last couple times, it's been less than a hundred people. Um, and so it's frustrating because that's my m- most engaging day on Instagram. We have a lot of fun with Would You Rather Wednesday. And so it's kind of, uh, it's a drag um, to put energy and effort into something and for people to not even see it sucks. And so I'm going to see, that's why I've not been doing them as frequently because it's frustrating, um, but I'm going to figure out how I want to play it over there with Instagram, trying to be on my best behavior because I don't even know what I do to that platform. <laughs> but, <laughs> but guys, it, uh, would you rather Wednesday? It does happen. I've been getting DMs. You guys just aren't seeing it. So if it's Wednesday and you haven't seen it, you need to just come to my page. And if you're like, I'm listening, this is my first time listening. What is your Instagram page? You can follow us at The Boonie Breakdown. We're the same on Instagram, TikTok, and on Facebook. On Twitter, we're just at Boonie Breakdown, all right? And so you can follow us there. You can engage with us. You can share images. You can share the audiograms and the reels that I post. You can do all of that fun stuff. You can also put the link to it. You can put it in your group chat. You can send it to your mama, your husband, your boo thing, whoever, Help us spread the word and get some new listeners out here. So I thank you so much for your support. You tag us and your page is unlocked and open. I always respond. I always share it because that's how grateful I am. All right. And so that is it for me. And let's get ready to break it down. Hey guys, um, so this episode is always, you know, this is going to be a good one. It's definitely responsible, y'all. And I know I'm skewing responsible this season a little bit, but we're going to come with the ratchet in a second. <laughs> um, but it's always great when I can have people I know in real life, family on the podcast. So yes. Melinda, welcome to the Booney Breakdown. Thank you. So I have you here because I received a text from my sister that's like oh my god you know melinda had a heart attack and i'm like what so very jarring because you're so young yes and uh you're healthy yeah and it's like how what did this happen so i kind of want to walk people through because you and i've conversed and you were saying like things are different for women. And so I just want to kind of set it up for people like what you were feeling the days prior to. And then what was the trigger to say, uh-uh, something not right. I got to get my black ass to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for me, I'm 44 years old with no preexisting conditions. Um I am a little on the sicker side, though, but I've never had any health conditions besides asthma. 
um, all my life. So when they told me I was having a heart attack a week and a half ago, I thought they were joking. Like I'm a silly person. So I laughed a little bit. Um, because when, you know, when we hear the commercials, like it's like one side of your body is supposed to feel this way. Um, or you might have shortness of breath and all of these symptoms. Right. I didn't have any of that. So Which uh, is scary. Yeah, it's very scary. Very, very scary. And, you know, us as women have a high tolerance for pain, period. Anyway, say it again. And we go. I won't even say women. Us as black people, because we go on about life because shit got to get done. Right. Facts. So that's what it was. It. I had been working out for a total of 365 days. Well, over that amount recently. So last year I started a journey of just walking and working out. I completed that journey. My doctor checks my heart every three months because I was a big girl. I was 308 pounds. And because I was losing weight so drastically, he wanted to make sure my heart was in the right shape. So mm-hmm. I go to the doctor every three months. He checks my heart. No problem. Right. Surprising. And I'm 44 years old with no health conditions. And I think people listening to this are probably because, you know, I'm a big girl, too. Mm-hmm. And the first thing doctors and people want to say, oh, you fat, <laughs> you got to lose weight. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. Uh, so- you can look at decades of blood work. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong here, right? I'm just a heavier person. And so it's always the fallback. And so I'm happy that you had a doctor who was not just writing that off like, oh, but who was, you know, conscious about, let's just make sure we keep you in optimal health. Uh-huh. You're good. Everything's percolating the way it should be because some of these doctors be lazy as fuck. And it's just like, oh, she's fat. That's it. That's yeah. the cause of everything. <laughs> it, makes, it makes an assumption that you have high blood pressure, diabetes. They make all, all that stuff. And that's another thing. Advocate for the correct doctors. You pay your copay. Your doctor is supposed to have a co- conversation with you every time you're in there. Don't give me no five minute touch and say, go about your business. No, I need you to give me a whole breakdown of my medical history and what I'm asking you without having an attitude. That part. And I think too, in, in the spirit of advocating you don't have to do certain things right like some usually if I'm trying a new doctor I don't get on the scale immediately Mm -hmm. right because no yeah you can already look at me and say I'm overweight I'm all that stuff but I'm just not going to give you the fodder that you need to take the easy route to say like you said the assumption that I'm diabetic the assumption I have high blood pressure all these things that don't exist for me so no, and so we have a rapport, or I decide I'm staying with you. <laughs> yeah, we're in a relationship. Yeah, then you don't need to know. You don't no. have to do all those things until you no. want to. No, you can advocate for yourself. And getting a doctor is really like dating someone. If you don't like the doctor, move on. It is completely fine, completely fine, and you have a right to. Yes, especially as black people, you know they are quick to judge. Um, so. I tried to find me a good doctor. It took me a little time, but Mm -hmm. I have a good doctor. One who gave me a full checkup when I first met him. Like I haven't gave a stool sample since I probably was a kid, but he did a full body checkup. So we knew what we were getting into when I I love it workout process. And it's important for you to ask your doctors, what is those numbers? So don't just let your doctor tell you have high blood pressure. What is the number? What is the number supposed to be? Because if I'm a point off, no, I'm gonna not going to necessarily let you put me on medication. I'm going to ask you to work on my diet first. That part. Well, advocate for yourself. You definitely do. Ask for those numbers and do some research. And it's okay to get a second opinion. A second, third, fourth, whatever, because they're all comparing us to white men. But yeah. we need that criteria anymore. Who's, who's we been put a... We will put a pin in that one. We will yeah. come back to that. So I'm gonna let you finish saying the story. But we will come. I'm writing that one down. We coming back to that. Okay. So you're set up. You're perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. So flashback to last week. What was what was your discomfort that you were starting to feel? Like what was like? Oh, this not right. But I'm gonna take an aspirin. Right. right? <laughs> so what happened was. I had cooked, I had a healthy challenge for October. I have been documenting my workouts on Facebook. 
for people to see. And I challenged everybody to do something healthy for October. So I cooked a healthy meal. I had cabbage and broccoli, baked chicken and rice, right? So that was probably Wednesday. So Wednesday night, I started feeling a little gassy, you know, like I had indigestion. But again, broccoli, cabbage, gassy yeah. vegetables. They were really good. So I had two helpings of the vegetables <laughs> and then had it again for lunch the next day. Again, I'm feeling like indigestion. So let me go to the store and get some Tums. I popped them things and went on about my life. I went to sleep. That's the amazing part to me. I went to sleep. Um, they got up Friday morning and I did a whole 30 minute cardio workout. Oh my gosh. A whole 30 minutes. Mind you, the heart attack most likely started on Thursday. So Friday, I was in a full workout for 30 minutes while having a heart attack thinking I had indigestion. And that is the part too that is like scary because you see these images on, you know, in in movies and TV shows with people having heart attacks. And it's like this very like dramatic moment and they're collapsing to the ground. And so in my mind, to hear that you're actively having a heart attack for a long period of time bust up any preconceived notion of what I had a heart attack to be like right. I'm thinking it's like instant like ah my chest my arm get me to the hospital right right but you went to sleep you cooked you worked out That's yeah crazy. had a whole workout went to the store um that's funny to me. Like I literally was having a heart attack for three days. And on Friday, not only did I work out, I had fractured my foot. So I went to the doctors and got my boot removed. I worked my nine to five job and I volunteered at a high school football game where I worked concession. So I was lifting boxes all while complaining about indigestion. I drank some Sprite, have a, had a couple belches and went about my business. Again, I went to sleep again for the third time. I went to sleep. I got up to go to the gym. I have been working um, with my personal trainer um, at a while for seek. Um, her name is Aaliyah and she shows me no mercy. Well, I had a boot, <laughs> but she shows me no mercy. She's awesome. And I was getting up to get ready to go to her because we're working on a weight challenge. She has me bench pressing weights. So I did my normal routine, got dressed, came out of the bathroom and I instantly broke out into this cold sweat. And we know like usually cold sweats don't mean anything good. So I was like, well, maybe my indigestion is that bad that I need to go to urgent care, get a little stronger gas medicine. So I said, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. Instead of working out, I'm gonna go and lay down for a bit and wait for urgent care to open because around this time it was like 745, eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. Urgent care didn't open to nine. And as I was laying across the bed, because I felt tired a little bit, um, I just, something was just telling me I didn't have time to wait for urgent care. And I got up. I felt like I wanted to throw up, but I couldn't. So I drove myself <laughs> to, Ur- to Northwest Hospital, um, where I was greeted by some nonchalant nurses. <laughs> Sounds on par. <laughs> yeah. And I know people are saying, why would you go there? You know, well, we in Baltimore. So that's the closest to my house. And by me breaking out in this cold sweat and not and feeling tired, I felt that was the safest hospital. No, it makes sense. Yeah. I get there. Like I said, the nurses were nonchalant. I told them that I was having chest pains for three days. I think I have a little indigestion. She nonchalant. She gives me, she asked me for my license and weighs me into the sitting waiting area. As I'm sitting there, I know I sat there for about a good 20 minutes. I then get intaken by a drunk nurse. Yes, a drunk nurse. He was so drunk that he couldn't get the little, you know, the sticky things that they put the like monitor your heart. The, yeah. Yes. He could not get them on properly because he had like the shakes a little bit. But Girl, I hope you get a lawyer. <laughs> and it was so funny. Like, um, I don't know his sexuality, but you know, when you um when you kind of when you get sick, you get uncomfortable. I had took off my bra before I left the house. So I'm telling him I don't have on a bra. He's like, oh my God, like we have to try a different way. What? 
you don't put these EKG right. on me. Titties, like it's a life or death situation here. Um, he smelled like a whole bar. He could not even type. Him. He could not even type my information in the computer correctly. And I'm seeing, hearing my name being called. And I'm like, are they calling my name? And he was like, oh, I'm glad you heard it. Because I didn't hear it. Mind you, he's still trying to type my information in. I don't even have an armband on because he didn't get it in fast enough. I told yeah. them I have chest pains. The <laughs> x-ray, they don't want something. When you say chest pains, usually that's a get in the back immediate yes. like issue. Yes. Okay. That like that's one of the things we go to the hospital. If they if you say chest pains or you can't breathe, that's like an immediate, they'll get your information later kind of thing. Yes. No, they were treating me like I was just they didn't even I know you had that insurance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, you got that insurance or not? Um, and then a, a guy comes out, he takes me back. He said, we're going to do some chest x-rays. They make me walk back to the chest x-ray. Usually again, when you're having chest pains or you can't breathe. Will you? No, I walked. After that, I went back and sat in, they told me to go sit in the waiting room. I think I'm thinking I'm going to the nurse again, because again, he hadn't filled out all my information. He had somebody new in the chair. So they told me to sit back in the lobby. Another probably 30 minutes, the girl, uh, a lady, calls me for my, int- uh, um, excuse me, my insurance information. I had been to Northwest several times and you want my insurance information. Well, see, that's the problem with the American healthcare system, right? Yeah. It's like the disparities based off those who are insured, uninsured, mm-hmm. not properly insured. That's all they care about. They treat you like an ATM card in these hospitals. And that's, I mean, it is egregious. I have not been to an ER in quite some time, but when I was caring for my grandparents, unfortunately, I've had to do that process several times. Mm-hmm. And each time it was so frustrating. Like you yeah. said, He's been here before. Just get him in the back. Like he's lost con. Like what's happening? Why do you care right. about this? Like treat the person and deal with that shit later. I just. <laughs> right. It's like you're you going to get it because either way, the hospital was insured. So you're going to get your insured. money. Most of them too are, I was, I was reading something about hospital bills while a lot of them, even if you don't have insurance, they can offer you like the payment plan yes. or they wipe it completely out. Like you yes. said, they write it off. So it's like, you're going to get paid regardless. So just chill out and give people proper care. Right. And, sp- and then it, it comes down to you sometimes the hospitals that are in your neighborhoods. And it's like, this hospital sucks, but it's in my neighborhood. So I don't have a choice mm-hmm. in that matter. If I, if I didn't have, you know, like at that point I, I'm sick, so I can't drive myself to another hospital. And for context, I was, my, my appendix ruptured several years ago. I remember that. And I went to the urgent care first and the guy comes back in and he's like, ma'am, I, I don't know what's going on, but you got to go to the ER. I'm calling, I'm calling um, ambulance right now. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what hospital are they going to take me to from here? (laughs) He's like. You got like Northwest. And I'm like, ah, I said, okay. So he went out this way. You know, they have those curtains pulled in the urgent care. He went that way. I grabbed my paperwork and went to the right. And I was like, ma, give me them keys. She's like, what? I said, they want to take me to Northwest and I'm not going there. And I drove myself to the another hospital ER because I was like, I couldn't. And with some history, like, um, in my family, a couple people in my family passed there at Northwest. And so I was like, oh, my mom is not going to this hospital because <laughs> she's going to have that, this bad juju in there. Yes. You had to put yourself in danger just to get to a hospital that you were comfortable with. Yes. I literally drove. And so my mom was like, I'll drive. I'm like, you drive too slow. <laughs> Give me the keys. <laughs> I'm gonna get me there fast. <laughs> but yeah, so I get it. I mean, it's it's just so terrible because then you read these stories about other countries and the way their medical system works. It's like, mm-hmm. why can't that be here too? Yes, what are we thinking? 
Especially that they out the ass for medical. And to have a that part, theirs is free and they get better care. We pay yes. an exorbitant amount of money, money. <laughs> and get, you know, mismatch care, wishy-washy care. So, yeah. all right. So you got the, the drunk nurse. He's dealing with somebody else. You gave your insurance paperwork. Do you finally get in the back? No, girl. They set me in the lobby again for probably another 30 minutes. And like I said, I'm still thinking I'm having indigestion. So nothing has changed, but I'm very uncomfortable. Because you know how if you want to belt, but it's just like stuck. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a gas pain, yeah. Uncomfortable. So I'm, you know, finally like just moving around in the chair and they finally call my name back. I get back into the ER. It's a whole circus. I mean, you know, it, it was like the psych board. And I felt bad for the nurses because it was police and everything. It was just a circus. Because, again, it's Saturday. People didn't party Friday night. Uh, um, the nurse comes in and he was like, oh, he asked me how I was doing. And I was telling him about, you know, my indigestion issues. And then a doctor finally comes in, never told me his name. And he said, uh, well, your EKG looks good, but from your blood work, it looks like you're having a full-blown heart attack. And I'm like, you're lying. I'm not having a heart attack. I have gas. Like, give me some gas that could let me go. I got to do stuff. He was like, no, I'm serious. You're having a heart attack. So from what I understand, uh, my blood work showed that my potassium was really low because mm-hmm. I was having a heart attack for three days. So my heart was pulling all the potassium. Um, and I don't know the name of the chemical, but your heart produces a chemical, um, in your bloodstream when you are having a heart attack. Uh, the way I was explained to once your heart feels like it's in distress, it shuts down all of your other le- other bodily functions. Meaning that's why I felt like I need to throw up, but I couldn't, but I'm looking completely healthy, completely fine. But I was having a heart attack at 44 years old. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I think I would have been pretty stunned too. Especially to hear you're actively having this. And again, for me, it's just like the picture of what we, you envision a heart attack being. That that was not your experience either. Like I know they always say chest pains. Yes. If your right arm goes numb or something yes. like that, but that could also be a stroke. Like so, you know, it's it's weird. You just really had indigestion and and a couple shortness of the breast. But I chalked that up to, of course, here in Maryland, we we can have summer one day, winter the next. So the weather had been changing all week, and I'm an asthmatic. I took my asthma inhaler. I was fine after that. Well, so I thought I was fine. But when you have like things like that, that you're used to, like breathing when weather changes, you're not thinking I'm having a heart attack because I have a free shortness of breath. You're not yeah. thinking. That's, that's so crazy. Wow. Well, I think it is a blessing that at, at that point that you did, that you decided, let me go get this checked out. Because to your earlier point, so often as women, mm-hmm. we, oh, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I'll, I'll take some Tylenol and I'll go to the doctor later. Or, oh, that's just, that's just these old bones or that, that's just this. You just write it off because you don't have time to deal with it. And so right. I think it is great that you still were like, even though it was happening over a few days. Mm-hmm. But you finally said, nah, let me, <laughs> I gotta go get something done about this. It was the cold self sweat for me. But if it wasn't for the cold sweat, I would have been lifting weights. And God knows what would have happened if I'm lifting weights during a heart attack. Yeah, your heart would have been overworking mm-hmm. during a heart attack. Yep. Wow. And it, it's very wild to me. Very. Like, even when I think about the story, I'm like, this is, why me? Like, why me? Only me. Only me. And um, so, so what was your, like the, the course of the treatment finally for you, someone who's actively having a heart attack, who's not debilitated, right? You're still talking and walking to your own scans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was, what was the final course of treatment to stop the heart attack and get you to a better resting state? So 
the first thing that came to my mind when once they told me that I had a heart, was having a heart attack was to call somebody. Nobody knew I was in the ER. Ah. So I know advocating for your loved ones and yourself is important. So I had to let somebody um, know I was in the ER. So I called my mom, my dad, my son, and a couple of close friends of mine, because we know with the heart or the brain, stuff can go left quickly, mm-hmm. very quickly. I wanted somebody to know that I was there and what I was going through. I still remained calmed because I didn't want my heart to race. I was scared at that point. Um, after I, they let me call, they've been give they give you like a cocktail almost, like it's a cocktail of aspirin. They gave me potassium and they put some nitro gel on my chest. Okay. The night this is to end some morphine. And the morphine is not for the pain, the way the nurse explained to me was to open up the heart so it can still get a good amount of blood flow because they didn't know what blockage, you know, they, they didn't have, uh, at that time, they didn't do anything to know what blockage was, where the blockage was. Um, because like I said, my EKG came back fine. Hmm. Um, and at that time, the nurse who was there even expressed to me that he had a heart attack three months ago. With three blockages. He was young too. I, I don't even think he was 50. Jeez. And he woke up in the middle of the night. So as he was giving me the stuff, I'm the medicine, I'm saying, well, what is that for? What is this for? He said, for your heart. Like, I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. I know it's for my heart, but what is it? <laughs> so don't let people give you stuff because you're in distress. You have to know what these things are, especially mm-hmm. if you're allergic to anything. Um, you know how certain medicines make you feel. You have to advocate, even in your distress. I'm stressing, advocate for yourself. Make them tell you what they are giving you. Because we know we're having a heart attack at that point. So we know all meds you're going to give me is for the heart. Heart, yeah. Um, And then I had a traveling nurse come in who was finishing up working on me. He was really, I think he is the one who helped save my life. I really do. Mm. And this is because uh, the other nurse had left. He had came in. Um, pleasant spirit and he just looked overwhelmed and I am in school for psychology so my psychology kicked in I'm like you have to take care of yourself you know they are <laughs> sure having a heart attack tell us somebody yes. to take care of themselves <laughs> yes they are bombarding him with questions about other patients so much so that I was confused about medicines because they were asking him about medicines for other patients and I'm like well what is what is, what is that? What are you giving me that for? And they was like, oh, that, you're not the patient that's for. That's rude as fuck to me. I'm yeah. having a heart attack. This nurse is working on me and you're asking him questions about another patient. Another patient. That what if you confused him? Like, right. What if you confused him? That he right. accidentally gave you something that you should not have had. Right. But every, I asked him, was he the supervisor? Because even the doctor came in and was asking him questions. And he kept working and we talked a little bit. So my mom finally gets to the hospital because her job, I'm not going to mention her. She's on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, her job, uh, her, she notified her job and her job told her um, to find her own relief. You know, here's another lesson. <laughs> <laughs> These jobs don't care about us. Everything, everything is about money like and it's it's so disheartening and I just feel like in these last couple of years it's just been so eye-opening to see what the what the 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 primary care is um and concern for most people who run this world or run any bit it's money that is so absurd to tell someone that you my loved one is in the ER having an emergency I need to go Mm -hmm. and you're told Find your own relief. Because the boss was at a 5K. Don't interrupt the 5K now. Child. <laughs> Tell you these jobs. All the Job. memes would be like, take your PTO and I'll, I'll do it. Right. I don't even feel bad. Right. <laughs> Follow pilot. And she finally gets there. The, the nurse gives us a little moment. So my mom to see how I look. Like I said, I look completely healthy. You would not think I was having a heart attack. Um, and then probably seconds after that, uh, another doctor who I never seen, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. I can't remember if he told me his name. He goes, 
well, um, you're so young and we're not equipped to handle you with this heart attack. Um, can you give us permission to transfer you to Sinai? The EMTs are outside of the door um, if you get Brandon's permission. And at that point, he said, it's no, no need of you. I would have to wait to call somebody in for you. And it's no need of you having a heart attack all weekend. Mm. Are you serious? Are, you will let somebody have a heart attack all weekend if they made it to, to that Monday. That's crazy to me. Insane. Insane. And so I granted permission. I had some wonderful EMTs that specialized in cardiac. That's important too. Um, so they they whisked me off, they got me undressed, everything. And they said we're going to sign a um they were very attentive because we know heart is critical. Nitro gel start making my blood pressure drop too low. So when you have low blood pressure, of course you can pass out. Doing this whole thing, whole thing, they want you to stay alert. So she knew exactly what to do. She was working like I was telling somebody, I didn't understand God's speed until that Saturday. Wow. That Saturday. I went. Um, they finally got me to Sinai Hospital and the fire alarm goes off. And we know that when a fire alarm goes off, elevators shut down. They had called in a special team of cardiac doctors to look at my heart. And they were trying to figure out how they were going to get me to this operating room. And it was only by the grace of God, like, only by the grace of God. And I'm oh a spiritual person. I ain't no holy roller, but it was nothing but God. He, she pushed, she told the other EMC, just try the elevator and push it. And it worked. I got to the um, operating room, greeted by all of these amazing cardiologists. They made me feel comfortable. Um, they immediately started taking pictures of my heart. It's a, I don't even know what the machine was called, but it takes you um, like an echo of your heart. So you can actually see where the blockage is. Okay. Done, made me feel comfortable. Mm. Um, I'm still amazed on how that even happened in a matter of minutes. I know it, I don't even know how long it took me because it's like everything was just happening so fast. I would have been so freaked out. Yes. So freaked out. Oh yes. my gosh. I, I was so freaked because every mind you other people waiting to get to where they gotta go so they're lined up in this hallway and i'm like oh my god like am i going down the structure but they helped me to remain calm and like i said the group of doctors that i had they were it was like god sent them to me like i'm a little hoodish but bougie at the same time and they were a little (laughs) um but very educated and to see two black male faces to let me know that they were going to take good care of me they were going to make sure that the right things were done um, in that moment made me feel very comfortable because, you know, as a black woman or anybody like you're scared when it's surgery time because you don't know how you will get treated. You don't know the care that you're going to get. You don't know how you'll be treated. You don't know. Um, and it's so scary to think about. You don't know the biases of the people working on mm-hmm. especially in emergency situations, because these are not doctors you picked mm-hmm. you relations with. So it is scary. I, you know, I had a level of anxiety at first with clearly not a heart attack, but mm-hmm. my appendix ruptured. Right? right. So once they said they didn't know that until they were in surgery, mm-hmm. the scans just showed it was enlarged inflamed. We got to get it out. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm so high on morphine because I'm somebody <laughs> who doesn't take medicines. So they gave me so much damn morphine once I knew something was wrong. Right. And I just remember being there like, you're going to surgery. And I'm like, okay, they're like, it's going to be an hour. It's going to be easy. You're going to go home tonight. And once they went in, that's when they saw it's a mess in here. <laughs> right. And the the whole path changed of what they were going to do. And so I say the same thing that I was thankful that the God universe aligned yeah. for that particular person to be my surgeon because 
he went above and beyond. Mm-hmm. He removed everything, did some extra stuff he wasn't supposed to because it was a literal mess because it had right. ruptured. And he's like, your body fought hard to keep you alive. Right. And I remember him saying, like, I had never seen that many lymph nodes in my life. Like, uh, he's like, I've been a surgeon for something years. And so his concern was that it would have it would have been cancer. Because mm-hmm. he was like, it was just so many lymph nodes. Like, what is happening here? Right. But I appreciated him. He didn't have to do this. He sent two samples of two, two different pathology offices mm-hmm. to give me a second opinion immediately. That's good. And when I, I was talking to another doctor recently about that, he was like, that is excellent that an ER doctor did that because mm-hmm. normally they treat the issue and send you for follow-up. Right. <laughs> All right. Like right. we did our part. We kept you alive. Now go deal with it. And so I was like, oh my God, thank God that this, that was my surgeon who did that because yeah, he, he didn't have to apparently. Right. He could have sent you to another doctor, another specialist to make more money. Yeah. <laughs> but he decided to do it. He just said like, I'm just going to do it. Get you a second opinion immediately. And yeah, that was it. it. But yeah, I'm grateful for the team that I had. Like I said, they worked Godspeed. Um, they laid me, took me from the EMTs, laid me on a, strapped me down to a table. I felt like a little s and a little bit up in there. <laughs> <laughs> a little kink, a little kink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had my arms stretched out. I was like, okay, you can give them red room energy up in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they took a quick scan of everything. The doctor walks in, he says, that's the block. I had a 90% blockage. And my right vowel, we have three major vowels. I had a 90% blockage in my right one. So the amazing thing is they don't even cut you open anymore. They either go through your groin or your wrist. Well, that's dope. Yes. They put a stent. Well, first they asked me, could they put the stent there? They asked me for permission. And mind you, he was the coolest little Jewish guy ever. He like, oh, we need some music up in here. So <laughs> when I first got to the ER, it was playing Blue Fantrell in the operating room. So he was like, yeah, you know, um, you know that rap, uh, sweetie? I said, he said, I said, yes. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to play her some of that for you. I mean, I'm about to play that. <laughs> so he was like, she ratchet, but I like that shit. <laughs> so I was like, yes, this is the doctor for me. Um, So I was relaxed. He put the stent, actually, it's like a pin-sized hole. I don't even, maybe over a pen size hole, a hole in my wrist. And you can kind of feel the rod there, but you can't feel the pain. And you were awake? Yes, they keep you awake during the whole surgery. So you're in a twilight, the whole surgery. So they're talking to me, cracking jokes. I'm having the ratchet music, sweetie. Um, Who else? That is mind boggling. Yes, you're awake during the whole thing. They want you to be awake. And they're talking the whole time, like nothing's happening. And the surgery is fast. Um, and they record all the drugs. This I said, I'm still goofy. Still, why having a heart attack? He like, we about to give you some fentanyl. I'm like, oh, no, we from Baltimore. I don't want no fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that dope. That yes. dope lane. <laughs> but he's like, no, 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 no. This is <laughs> just to help you with the twilight. Um, but they finished the, sur- um, the surgery, like I said, in Godspeed. My mother says she remembers like getting to the hospital at one. Um, by the time she was um, sitting in the waiting room at 105, they were coming out saying that the surgery went great. So it is fast. That is insane. That you I didn't do a heart surgery through a wrist or groin. Mm-hmm. Put You're a little awake. T- they put a little tourniquet to make sure you don't bleed out. That's filled with air. That is incredible. Come on, Martin Science. <laughs> yes. Like, no recovery time. So they like, okay, we're going to see. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm looking at you and people on Patreon are looking yeah. at you. And oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on You didn't tell me. I was <laughs> you look good. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't look like you had heart surgery Mm-mm. a week ago. A week ago. No. That's incredible. It's, it's, that's why I said it has nothing but God. It, like you say, God, the universe, whatever you, whatever resonates with you. Whatever it, resonates, I, yes. 
it was nothing to have everything lined up like that. It was nothing. Like I said, I got, after they finished the surgery, doctors walked me down to ICU, which is the cardiac ICU unit. I was the youngest person on the floor. So of course, everybody comes running. Like she's 44. Like we never seen this before. It was nurses, students, doctors. They come running to the room. And I just remember they, they were transferring me from the operating bed to my regular bed because I had to be hooked up. And it was a young lady, uh, a young nurse. And she said, I've been having chest pains for two days. And because of you, I'm getting checked out after we get you in this bed. And I was just amazed, like, wow. Mm. Again, I was the youngest patient in the CICU unit, they um, were calling me, calling me their pediatric patient. That's how young I was. They couldn't believe that I didn't look sick. They couldn't believe I didn't have any pre-existing conditions. Um, basically, I am an enigma at this point. They don't know. Wow. The first thing they asked me was, did I have a family history? Which was no. Did I drink or smoke? Which was no. Um, did I um so I gotta ask you, do you be do you really not drink or are you just a social drinker? No, I don't I really don't drink. I used to okay. drink years ago. And it's just that I just didn't have the do- desire to do it. I'm I'm trying to think, when is the last time I even even had a glass of wine? I can't even remember. Nice. Maybe, maybe the holiday time. Okay, nice. But again, but I just haven't had the opportunity to I was getting my workout on. You can't be, I couldn't be fat, drunk, and trying to run. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so I don't drink or smoke. Um, And one of the questions they asked me, did did I have COVID or was I vaccinated? Both of those answers were no. And they they were really like, really? So that brought me to the conclusion that if you have COVID, well, they were saying they're finding now. Well, I think they're finding now people who've been vaccinated are having mm-hmm. some heart issues, heart issues with right. the vaccination. And yeah, and COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so much about this period of space that we don't know long-term effects. And I'm also wondering too, like, we don't know about COVID. Like, so I had COVID um, last holiday season, right between around Christmas time in that Omicron wave. Mm-hmm. And... um I've been reading stuff because I feel like my hair has been, is thinning mm-hmm. and I'm like, what? But I've been reading about people who had COVID. Some of people are experiencing hair shedding and hair mm-hmm. loss, you know? So it's just like so much with COVID that is unknown. Right. Long-term effects because it was so new. So it's it more scary though. It does. Cause we it are does. young. Like we used to our grandparents and, aunties going through this kind of stuff like we're young it it makes it scary but I think it's an eye-opener because now we know what doctors we have to add to our yearly routines yeah and so for somebody who's listening to this who's just like amazed at awe at their story what would you what piece of wisdom would you leave with them in terms of their health like what would you say to somebody now after this has been your experience and someone's listening like, oh my gosh, she's 44. Um, pay attention to your body. It is telling you something. Meaning from your hair, your nails, your skin tone. Um, pay attention to your body. It definitely is telling us something. It gives us warning signs. Even though I didn't feel any warning signs, I'm pretty sure my body did give us give me some type of warning sign. Um, but pay attention to your body. We pay for insurance. I don't care if you feel like you got a hiccup and it don't feel right, go to the doctor. You pay for it. Even if you don't, go to a doctor. Yeah. Because at this point, it's about preserving our life. Even though we're young and we think, oh, we're not going to have these things, pay attention to your body. I'm, I don't care if it's something minor. Pay attention to your body. Pay attention to your body. All right, Melinda, we are going to do the breakdown. Okay. I'm going to say one word. You All say right. The first thing that comes to mind, it could be 
a sound, a phrase, whatever. Okay. All right. All right. First one, Black women. Power. Health. Wealth. Body. Um, bomb. <laughs> Doctors. We need them. <laughs> Intuition. Listen to it. Heart. Um, health. And last one, love. We can't live without it. Look at that. More than one word, but. That works. It's a phrase. (laughs) (laughs) So I want, I know that this experience has been transformative for you. Mm-hmm. In a multitude of ways. Yes. So tell everyone where they can follow you, what is next from you, and where can they get more information? So what's next for me, I have decided that I was going to start a foundation because doing my research in this little bit of time a week, um, I found that I did not see faces like mine, meaning Black faces, young faces. When I researched, it was older white women and men or older Black women. So I'm going to start a foundation to make people aware of this. Haven't came up with a name yet, um, but that's coming quickly, quickly. Yeah. I want to for Heart Healthy Month. And they can follow me on Facebook so far. I do have Instagram, but I'm really not on there a lot. I mean, I'm on there, but I'm not on there. I'm, I'm a professional. You're not active. <laughs> yeah. It got to be perfect when I be on there. <laughs> not perfect, but, you know, like, that little cute. Um, my Facebook is Melinda Clark. I'm the black girl with the white girl name. <laughs> um, but you can find me Melinda Clark and behind Melinda Clark, you can put the fashion peacock. So it's P H A T S H I O N peacock P E A C O P E A C O C K. Got it. Well, I will be sure to link uh, those platforms on the show notes and on the booniebreakdown.com. Thank so, you. So, yes, we, I were circling back real quick because we, I put a pin in and I almost forgot about it, but I got to address it because okay. you said about earlier about the, you know, people not looking like you and everything is white people. And it's so tough because I know black and brown people have a distrust of <laughs> medical environments. But goodness, a lot of the um, drugs, imaging do not show what the effects of certain things are on um, black people. Brown skin medicines are geared to white men because they're the people who do the clinical trials. So I get it that the the distrust, but we We got to start doing that stuff so we know medicines will work on us or we know treatments will work on us and that is my PSA my final thing I do try to sign up for some clinical trials where it matters to me um a few of them I hadn't been picked either because I'm too young or whatever the issue or they might just send you a questionnaire so some of them not always aren't given samples or taking placebos or medicines and stuff but we do need to start signing up for that stuff so we know that those drugs and medicines work on black people so that is my PSA yes and that's a good PSA because yes we do need to do these clinical trials don't be afraid again even in the clinical trial you can advocate for yourself yep so but we want to make sure we work them to completion to help our community and our people and I get that we are all into holistic medicine I'm into holistic medicine I'm not I'm not a medicine person but as of right now to sustain my life I have to be on four different medications until I can find out what's wrong. Yeah. So it's important for us to do these studies. It definitely, but, definitely is. And so matter of fact, one in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, it's so important, like little stuff we can't, like I had a, um, a discoloration, some rash on my skin and mm-hmm. I, it was making me self-conscious because I'm light skin. So right. it was like, oh, what is that? And I'm going to the dermatologist, the allergist, this doctor, nobody, but everybody kept trying to say, oh, are you diabetic? And I'm like, here's my blood work. Right. <laughs> right. No, I'm not diabetic. So, but, but then the one doctor, I was like, it's okay to say you don't know. Right. Cause he pulls up Google while we're there. Like, well, I think it's this, but, and this is for people who are 
diabetic. And I'm like, but I'm not, I don't have diabetes. So this, no. (laughs) It's a good point that you brought that up because we are the most mixed diagnosed. We are. And so literally what happened was I'm anemic. And so I was going to get an iron infusion. The shirt I happened to have on was low cut enough. And the nurse was like, oh my God, you are severely anemic. And I'm like, how do you know? And she's like, you have anemia rash. Because she's a specialist. Ding, 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 ding. And I was like, I've been going to doctors for months trying to figure out what this is. And everybody kept trying to tell me diabetes. And she's her response back was, go on your phone and Google it. And so I Google it. All the pictures were white skin. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, they don't know what it looks like on black skin. So they can't diagnose it as this. But she was like, that's what it is. And she's like, you can, she gave me some stuff that I could do to help lighten it but she was like the the longer you you stay not anemic right Mm -hmm. i I cure the anemia it'll eventually will just fade back away and i'm just like huh okay (laughs) and so but that was me searching just one person look and i didn't just glibly said it like oh it's anemia rash and i'm i'm glad you brought up that point because it is important that we go to the specialist the people who went to schooling for this particular area. Yeah, the primary cares are cool, but you, I, and I'm quick to skip over her. I'll be like, send her a note on the back end, but who I need to go to? Like, I'm going to the allergist. I'm going to this. And I'll be like, can you just send her a consultation note? Thanks. No. <laughs> your general practitioner, because that's like your old change. Yeah, so I go, I go for my physicals, blood work, urine samples, stool sample, all that stuff. She does all that and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But so I don't got I can't wait to go to you than to go to this oh. person. I'm just going straight to whoever I think it is. And <laughs> clearly girl <And> demand <laughs> your referral to where you want to go. Yep. And so I just literally do that. And I'll be like, oh, can you send her a consultation note? And she's <laughs> a really good doctor because she reads them. Mm-hmm. So when she got one of them, she caught, pinged me on the platform, like, what's going on? Like, because <laughs> she saw all these consultation notes. That's and, my do- he was like, oh, I saw you in the ER. Are you going to come in? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. So I love that I have a doctor now who, yeah. although I may only see her one time a year for my physical, she still wants to know the whole, the whole of me. Right. She wants the reports from my eye doctor, my dentist, all, everyone I go to, she wants a note. Because then when I come back for my year, she's like, all right, Tom, what's this? What was the follow-up? What, what, what was all this? So that time I was like, I really must have scared her because I was going. Because to me, I'm like, what is on my neck? What? Right. Like, you see, like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I want to know what this is. And it was starting to, like, connect. It was coming, like, this way. Wow. But now, because that lady's right, all of this part cleared up. So I was like, but, dang, just thank but, God. Like, so thank God for people who know. Black and brown bodies. But that's, and that's why I said, and even if we don't, people who go through it, they were like, oh, I'm going to go to that doctor because I'm, I have something like her. Yeah. And when, sure. you know, your grandma would probably told you, put a little cream on there and keep it pushing. Oh, well, <laughs> not the remedies of the elders. <laughs> I say they don't work. <laughs> and that's the thing. Sometimes they do be right. Like, all right. <laughs> and I, you know, you always look at that. Cause I'd be thinking like, dang, well, she lived to 94. Mm-hmm. And ate all that processed bacon, and <laughs> but it ain't the same bacon they had. It's not the same, right? Everything is really exactly. killing us from the inside out now. But uh, <laughs> right, it's not fair. So, all right, that was the the tangent we followed up on it. So, again, I am overjoyed that you listen to yourself. You're with us. You look beautiful. And here's to, you know, your new journey of education and advocating for young black folk. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So thank you. Be sure to follow Melinda and stay tuned for all the great stuff that she has coming for us. So thanks again. Thank you for having me. All right. That is it for this week's episode. I want to thank our guest, Melinda Clark, for her honesty her just openness and we're so thankful that like I said that she listened to herself and went to the hospital I hope that you all took something from this episode 
take more time to learn the warning signs, the symptoms, things you should not ignore in your body. All right. Also, be sure to support our sponsor, Aaron Condren. You can use that promo code to save on your first order. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or any apps that you listen to your favorites on. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. You can do that in Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You might just hear your review on the next episode, okay? Follow us on all social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make these pretty images for nothing. Have a dope-ass week. Stay healthy, safe, and sane. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Homaste. Until the next time.